10 seconds of silence begins now. Hello, darling. You're listening to Neophile, the podcast where we do your favorite thing for the very first time. My name is Jedediah Johnson. And my name is Paul Hayes. And if you don't know what we do here, basically we interview somebody about a favorite thing of theirs, and uh, then we try that thing for the very first time, then we get back together with them and have a conversation about it. On today's episode, I am literally the worst thing that's happened to this tiny Japanese village. But before we get into that, what's new, Paul? It's games this week. Okay. I know we don't give it away in this segment, but we're talking about a game this week, and I know it. Just shut up. Leave it in. Okay. We're yep. talking about a game. <laughs> I'm thinking about games. All my life, I've made made up dumb little games in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of things you can do. Everyone d- knows, like, Thumb War, the hand game things. Patty uh, Cake. Patty Cake, yeah. Something like that. Rock, paper, scissors. Stuff like that mm-hmm. is really kind of cool, because you can just kind of kill some time mm-hmm. uh, with a buddy i think of games because on my way here when i come and record these intros with you mm-hmm. there's a graveyard and i was always taught you're supposed to hold your breath when you pass graveyards mm-hmm. the graveyard by the hilltop tavern by the hilltop tavern okay and i have gotten so good at holding my breath for that graveyard i've actually improved <laughs> improved my breath holding (laughs) skills which feels cool it feels like something i did when i was eight you know and so i can now hold my breath from the beginning of the graveyard all the way to the irish mutt oh which is quite a distance i feel like uh for those that don't know it's like three quarters um, of a mile maybe probably close to probably close to a mile I would say. I'd say three quarters of a mile is close to a mile. Yeah, it def- it would depend on traffic, but today I made it to there and I was feeling pretty good about <laughs> it. So that's what's new with me. I love games. I love doing them. I'm holding a Rubik's Cube right now. Mm, yeah, that's a game. Puzzle game. And I'm excited for the listeners to hear this episode because you're going you're gonna to do game. Mm-hmm. I love it. But before we get into all that, <laughs> what's new with you, Jed? Well, uh, you'll notice that it's not super hot in this room right now and that's something that some of us out there might take for granted but not me because my air conditioner broke uh, really actually like uh, a month or two ago something like that it's a whole story I won't do the whole thing but basically my air conditioner broke I called a place they put me on hold for three weeks and then they showed up and didn't fix it and when they left I fixed it for like the next four weeks and then it broke again and it was the same thing. I just put a bandaid on it basically the first time. But the problem that was diagnosed by both of the companies that I hired to fix it was my control board was bad on my furnace. I had a bad circuit board, which is why I've brought this little circuit board into this room that's sitting between us right here. You noticed it in my kitchen and you were like, what's that circuit board? And I said, hold on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because both companies were like, we're going to probably have to put a new circuit board in there. It's going to be like $500. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. And then I got on eBay and I found my own circuit board 
for $145. And then I put it in myself. And now you got this one. And blew my mom's mind. (laughs) My friend Dan, who's always looking out for me by offering boring jobs that I could get, was like, maybe you should get your HVAC license, man. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, maybe I... I, I don't think I need it because I just had to do that one thing. Feeling good. We're in here and our pits aren't sweaty. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, wait, hey, what are we doing today? Uh, well, I wanted to give people an update on Tibbs Drive-In from our last episode. Uh, I got an email from Marcella, Marcella Snyder. And she said, I am the lady with the hot dog de Guadalupe tattoo from the Tibbs Drive-In. Yeah, exactly. And uh, We know a celebrity. And she told me, exactly. And not only is she the most awesome employee, clearly, of the Tibbs Drive-In. The greatest of the teens. Yes, uh, but not a teen. uh, (laughs) A (laughs) full-grown lady. Uh, But uh, apparently she has been working at the Tibbs Drive-In off and on for the last 20 years. And she, four weeks before the release of our episode, bought the Tibbs Drive-In. She is now the owner of the Tibbs Drive-In. That's so cool. Yeah, super cool. Also, she told me that the lonely guy in the Jeep, in the Army Jeep, is her dad. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> so that's it's a lot of lot of lot of stuff coming on. She apologized for the joystick of the <laughs> of the Pac-Man she game. Need to. She does not. It's part of the charm. Can uh, we get her on the show? I don't see why we can't get her on the show. I too. Hey, Jed. What? I too went to the drive-in. Oh, you went to the drive-in? Yeah, your talk with Maria really inspired. Hold on. Me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's a movie destination. You went to a movie? What it's, movie did you see? I saw Charles, Chucky. I saw Chucky. Oh, Child's Play. Child's Play. Yes. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I went with my girlfriend. We uh, just kind of did the whole thing. Like like you said, we went to went the concession stand. She had a Mountain Dew, <laughs> which probably not the best choice and then we also had a pickle uh we had just eaten dinner so we didn't like go all out on the concession stand no that's uh, that's a rookie mistake did the playground all of it and honestly the night was perfect like the it was cool there was actually heat lightning sort of thing going Mm. on in the area and they didn't cancel anything so it was just fun it was a fun time it was a it was kind of like a goofy enough movie that we didn't have to care too much about it and Mm -hmm. i didn't have to sit still the whole time um it was awesome it was really cool i I like i like that place i will i'll definitely go back how was the conversation in the car did you have like a lot of was there a lot of conversation during the movie thrilling and riveting both it was just all of it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because that was my as you know because you listened that was one of my favorite things it's just the the ability to talk through a movie and not feel like a jerk i think mostly it's just like kind of joking along with the movie yes yes little, yes yeah mm-hmm. it was a blast different blast. way to interact awesome great great we're ch- we're changing we're changing our lives turning it around yeah we're bringing we're bringing everybody up i feel so, like i actually can i say something yes you may when we get big enough let's rent <laughs> the place out because you can rent like, the place out for a second i thought you were gonna say i thought you meant like when we when we grow up like <laughs> when, we, when we eat all the concession stands and we're huge <laughs> 
No, uh, when the podcast is big, let's throw a neophile party at the Tibbs Drive-In. Just rent the place out. We'll show the we'll show the CBD cure and cancer. Uh huh. And then the good movies. Maybe I'll convince you to watch a movie in kicking <laughs> and screening, and we'll have the screening. That would be so cool. And everybody just everybody up. can show up and just stare at you the whole time to look for your reaction. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's also go talk to Katie. Okay. I love it. I love it. Katie's our guest this week. For those of you that felt like that was an abrupt segue, Katie, <laughs> Katie is our guest and here she comes. But before we get into Katie, we want to apologize slightly for the audio quality of this interview. It was our very first one. Isn't that cute? It was the first one that we did. So it might be a little rough around the edges, but it is a diamond in the rough. It just needs a well said. A, uh, a good stone cutter to, to really make it into a nice princess cut or whatever. I don't buy jewelry. Um, <laughs> but let's get to Katie. Here she is. All right. Uh, how's it going tell tell the people who you are hello uh, i am katie finley a resident of indianapolis friend of jedediah johnson and paul hayes and they have asked me here today to uh talk about some things that i might like or a thing that i might like awesome uh yeah welcome welcome to neophile katie so what do you what do you got for me I'd like to introduce to you with the hope that you might take interest in a game called Katamari Damasi, or um, my Japanese is terrible, but the original intended pronunciation, Katamari Damashi. And it is a PS2 release. It's probably reaching its like 15-year mark at this point, I think, uh, 2004 release. So, yeah. So you want me to play a 15-year-old video game? I do. Nice. What genre is this game? Well, that's an interesting thing about this particular video game. Um, It gets lumped into a puzzle adventure category, though I think when people hear the term puzzle adventure, they think Legend of Zelda. They think of like maybe a bit more of an overworld type game with actual literal puzzles, but this is a very unique game and uh, has a cult following based off the fact that it is just truly a unique genre all its own. You know, we were talking about ASMR, and I almost wonder if it's not too different sometimes. Um, It's a visually stimulating, just joyous game that provides the player an opportunity to maybe relieve some stress and literally roll up all of what ails them into a big ball and toss it into the sky, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You're clearly passionate about this, and that's exactly what this is all about. Awesome. I actually have heard of this game because, like, Around 15 years ago, my friends were like, oh, we're playing this game and it's funny. You know, you roll this stuff up and uh, I heard about it and I think I've seen like a video of it being played, but I have never played it myself. So this is a, a new thing for me. You've seen gameplay footage, I assume then? Or seen I think so. Play, I think I've seen something <laughs> like that. I think I might have gone to my friend's house when somebody was playing it or some something at some point. But yeah, I've never played it myself. So tell me about your first experience with this game, like early experience at least. Yeah, I was uh, maybe two or three years late to playing it since its release. I <laughs> Back in the day of, uh, I don't know if any other gamers can relate to pouring through pages on GameSpot or IGN, trying to like read reviews and figure out what the next move they want to do when it came to a new game. Um, 
there was far less uh, available material to describe games back then. So honestly, the Katamari Damacy was kind of a mystery to me. I just knew that it had, you know, soaring reviews um, and a huge following by the time I wanted to pick it up. And so I sort of grabbed it as soon as I saw it on a shelf and uh, blindly went into it, not knowing what to expect. And it definitely whisks you away in a um, in a very playful and kind of magical way. My first experience when turning it on, the controls are very intuitive, I think, compared to uh, long tutorial sessions in other video games. So yeah, that's always good. It kind of pushes you right in, so you shouldn't have any trouble just taking off and playing. And that's something that's praised for as well. Just critically received praise for. <laughs> and uh, I happen to agree. I actually had... Um, uh, that was a, a pretty big switch for me at the time. I was definitely and still am very much an RPG devotee and prefer story-driven games versus things that are, you know, a bit more simplistic in style. But it is something that has kept me coming back for it um, again and again. And I've played through it maybe two or three times at this point in full length. Uh, that's a thing that I'm not a video game man personally (laughs) spawned in a video game i was not i was not i had an atari 2600 had an nes i got a super nintendo and a sega genesis i think i got it i got a nintendo 64 and by the time i got to nintendo 64 i was like i don't know that i i don't know that i need to get any more of this stuff oh i think i did have a playstation 2 i did have a playstation Mm -hmm. 2 and yeah that was that was probably the last game system that i had until January when I bought a Nintendo Switch. Congratulations. To play Breath of the Wild and Breath of the Wild is so super good. But yeah, I have not played this game. It is interesting though that like I had a PlayStation 2. Like I could have played this game. I just didn't. It flew flew under a lot of people's radar, honestly, at least for a little while. I mean, it sounds like your friends were fully aware, maybe people who are a bit more engrossed in just in a more diverse approach to gameplay styles, I guess, or Mm -hmm. an appreciation for all things games. But me being a bit more narrow minded at the time, it definitely was it evaded me for a little while. So it sounds like you uh, already enjoy what sort of classic video games, I guess, did you appreciate, uh, say, like on the NES or SNES? Oh, that's a great question. This is who's interviewing who. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so yeah, classic games on the NES. I have an NES classic right now. And the things that I like on it, I like Mega Man. I like to play through Castlevania, even though it's very hard. I do tend to like some of the simpler games, though. Like there are games on my phone that I have that are just like, it's just like a dumb uh, snowboarding game. Uh, called uh, Alto's Adventure. And it's just like jumping over stuff and, and doing backflips is basically all it is. And I, when I'm into that, I will just like get into it for hours accidentally, like when I wake up. And and this sounds like, from what I know, a little bit I know about it and from how you're describing it, it sounds like that's the kind of thing that this could fall into. I do uh, like the repetitive task mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think and another benefit to this game is that um, everything is uh, episodic as far as levels go. So a level will take you no longer. I think the the longest amount of time you'll spend on a level, and that's the, the final stage, is 30 minutes. So it is something you can pick up and put down with ease and not invest and lose too much time to. 
uh, in a day and a day and age where we talk a lot about video game addiction and MMORPGs and what have you, this casual playstyle I think is a relief for some people who want to appreciate maybe a more classic approach to games and something that does not require a twenty plus hour investment, which is great and is something that you can return to. The levels can easily be re- like accessed again, and if you really enjoyed a particular stage, you can revisit it and just start rolling. I love it. So I realize now that we've talked about this a bunch and like I kind of have an idea of what this mm-hmm. game is like, but the people sure. at yeah. home have no idea what this game is like. So what's the, what's the game like? So it has a story, but I don't believe that the story is something that will that most people will find it to be profound in any kind of way. Um, the, the loose idea of the story is that um, you are the son of the king of all cosmos. <laughs> the king of all cosmos? King of all cosmos. He is a towering uh, planetary-sized dude who finds himself waking up after a night of binge drinking which has caused him to uh, dance all of the stars out of the sky and the moon. Um, All the constellation stars and the moon have been knocked out of their place because he was dancing in an intergalactic chaos. So this is not not astronomically... Accurate? No. Okay, good. High fantasy, if okay, you want to. High, high absurdity, maybe. All right, is, I love uh, it. Um, and so you play the role of the prince, um, or the, your, the son of the King of All Cosmos, and your shitty father has asked you to fix his problem for him, and the game begins with him saying, we broke it. Also, the King of All Cosmos talks in a royal we, which is delightful. He says, we broke <laughs> it. It's gone. And you are tasked with putting stars and the moon back into the sky stage by stage. And uh, the way that you do that is you are given a thing called a Katamari and you are planted on earth with this Katamari. You're, I think you're like five centimeters high because the actual like described uh, height of your character. And you roll up this little, you take this little ball, which sort of resembles, do you remember? I think they were popular in the nineties. There were like these toys that um, are you gonna? Are you trying to talk about koosh balls right now? Are they koosh ball? Well, sort of a koosh ball, uh, but also do you remember those like vibrating, like those weird like kind of landmine looking like? Oh yeah, yeah, things? yeah, yeah. That's, it was like a little sea mine. Yeah, it's like a little, little sea mine thing, and like yeah. babies would like play with it. I think to like yeah. uh, stimulate their like touch auditory like thing, whatever. Um, so they resemble that, honestly, um, okay. with the little pegs right. and everything. And the attributes of this ball, of this Katamari, is that it collects anything it comes in contact with. It magnetizes, or things magnetize to it, anything that comes in contact with it, as long as it's large enough to roll it up. Mm, okay, you, so as long as the Katamari is big enough mm-hmm. to attract this thing, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll stick to it. Yep. So you start with a level, I believe you uh, you start in a room, just in just a non-specific, nondescript room where it's just oddly cluttered with things like shogi pieces and game pieces and mice and candies like scattered all over the floor. And so you start by rolling up all these little bits and pieces of things in a very, like, intu- like I said, an oddly intuitive way. And uh, once you're done, you realize that uh, after you've collected all the things up to a certain size... The uh, King Will Cosmos greets you with your progress, records your size data and everything, and then launches this cluster, this clump, if you will, into the sky and uses it as a replacement star. Okay, so this is funny uh, because (laughs) I was describing the game to Paul and I was like, yeah, it's something like you roll up a bunch of stuff. And I didn't know anything about this star and moon situation at all. But I was like, you roll up a bunch of stuff into a ball and eventually like you get enough mass to where like it would create a star. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking about astronomy. 
That is. And, and but it's literally what you're doing. Yeah, I that's guessed it. Literally, it. I could have made this game. You you could have, and honestly, and so that's an interesting thing. The uh, creator was a former art student, sculpture student, I believe, and he had no previous. Uh, interest in video games or making them whatsoever. I think uh, Namco took him on as sort of just a um, a fresh mind for a new project and oh, so being somebody is... who's just never even played video games decided to take on and make something incredibly playful and like essentially turned an art piece and art concept into a video game. And his his interest in things whimsical, things nonsensical, absurd, uh, all are reflected in this project. It's really a an incredible feat. Um, you know, the mechanic of the uh, Katamari picking up objects as it rolls around was there's no game engine that really uh, existed that uh, prior to that that could execute that sort of gameplay. So this is an all new like gameplay system. The design of it is truly unique for its time. And there just really no other game like it up until that point in time. Yeah, that's a thing that, you know, I never I never think about things like that, like that there's no... Yeah, it's a bit over my head, too. I don't really yeah. know much about game design and, and how... It's always actually... cool to know that stuff, though. Like, for example, uh, the movie Tron, which if I were a guest on this show, I might make somebody watch Tron. Uh, and I still haven't seen Tron. I'm ashamed to say... I'm say yeah. don't, never, we'll, we'll trade never, interests. Never, <laughs> if there's one thing that's important for this podcast, that there is no shame and not having experienced something yet. And there is no such thing as a guilty pleasure. That's a great Unless premise. it's like hurting somebody, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, my, you know, my guilty pleasure is I just like to walk up to people and punch them in the face. <laughs> it's just, and I, I'm so May bad. Go over so I'm well. so bad. I just, that's just I'm naughty. Just, <laughs> but no, that's the cool thing. It's one of the cool things about Tron is a CGI movie that they started making in like, they started the process of making it in like 78 or something like that. It didn't finish until like 84 or whatever. But the reason why is because they had no way to animate their CGI things. So they they basically used a computer to sell animate. So you make a 3D drawing of a light cycle and then you make a 3D drawing of the next frame of the light cycle and then you make a 3D drawing of the <laughs> yeah. next frame. So it took, yeah, it took like five companies and, and, and six years. To, yeah, I mean, that, that alone movie. definitely, uh, that's uh, an attractive quality to something knowing the just kind of the backstory to the production of something is, you It know. can enhance it sometimes. Mm -hmm. This sounds great. This sounds like a great game. You have it, right? Uh, I used to have, this is embarrassing, I had a physical copy for the PS2 um, at one point in time and did a little game exchange, recommended game exchange, and it is lost in someone else's household at this point. Um, somebody that I don't have any means of contacting. But I do know and I do have a uh, PC compatible version um, on Steam. Uh, they actually just released an anniversary edition or a, uh, just a, re a remake of the original game uh, just called Katamari Damacy Reboot. Or Reroll. Sorry, not Reboot. Um, we're talking about... Reroll. Yeah, uh, re I get it. Yep. I get uh -huh, it. Uh -huh. um, and uh, I believe it's 20 bucks on Steam now, but I can share the library with you and you should be able to, if you have the computer capacity to, to do that, you can play on cool. PC with a gamepad. Uh, All right. All right, cool. Uh, and I've been told that uh, it might be on Nintendo as well on the on the Switch. Yep, there it is on the Switch. Ah, that's right. I forgot about that. You I just could said get it on you... Switch. Very I nice. mean, like it's thirty dollars. My only request, though, um, so oh. I'm kind of familiar with the the Joy-Con and how it detaches. I think that I'm not sure exactly how it translates to the the joysticks on the. 
I, I might recommend finding either a controller that's, uh, they make classic style controllers, I think, for the Switch. I don't know if you have one or not. I think that the joy of part of the experience, for me at least, and if you want it to be sort of authentically similar to maybe how I've experienced it, I something similar more to the like the PS2 or the Xbox 360 controller where you have a bit more heft to the controller. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of joy in uh, experiencing it that way. Not to crap all over Switch's design. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I actually have the, and, and it comes with this, the little, uh, you can slip the little Joy-Cons into a... Oh, that's right. Into a little, whatever, Batwing nice. thing. Did I make that up? Did that I coin a phrase? Me. Batwing, oh. uh, they should adopt it as a yeah. design concept. Somebody, yeah. somebody listening, oh. write us and tell us if that's what they call it. Leave it in the comments below. Yeah. I have access. So what do I, what do I have to do? Like, what do I, you're sort of, I think you're going to give me an assignment. Do I have to play through the whole thing? Like, do I have to play it for some certain number of hours? What's my... It's linear enough. I mean, there's the, the story keeps it grounded. There's that, the modest story. You have both the collection of stars and that progress to consider. There's also um, cutscenes in between stages that are glimpses of how the universe how, is progressing how uh the earth is affected by the absence of the stars and the moon and it's all very very silly but it's a it's a lot of fun to watch so i think that a full playthrough would be requested of you uh and i think oh. i i don't know i could check my file i guess eventually and see what i've logged in since i've started replaying it uh here this past month I would say I haven't even put maybe like four hours into it. I'm already in the last stage. So you could easily do this within a couple of sittings, two, three sittings, if you're dedicated or throughout the course of like a month or something. But I think full playthrough is the way to go. There's a lot of uh, a lot to experience. Um, you have the linear stages that you can follow. There's also uh, constellation stages, which uh, versus so every stage requires you to roll up the Katamari to a certain size within the time limit. Mm-hmm. There are also uh, supplementary stages where you roll up constellations, which doesn't make any sense, but still, that's the idea. And those theme stages say, um, so Cygnus, the, I believe is a swan, is that correct? Yes. Cygnus is. is a swan. There's a, a stage where you can only roll up swans, and that's all that counts. And so it, it gauges your progress by the number of swans or swan-shaped paraphernalia or a sign with a swan on it or a candy wrapper. Another delight in this game is that as you roll items up, it shows you in like the bottom left corner, the object that you roll up with a descriptor underneath it. And there's also noises that accompany the things that you roll up. Bear in mind, you eventually get to the size that you're rolling up humans and cars and buildings and just the chaos that ensues and all the cacophony of like rolling up all these objects is hilarious. Especially in the swan stage, you just hear like quacking and like honking the entire time. (laughs) Um... And then you can go to, there's actually like a, think like a bestiary or like a collector's book that you can like go and revisit all the objects that you've like picked up. And the design of the game, like everything's kind of simplistically like polygonal, but is it polygonal? Yeah, something like that. So the the designs are pretty simplistic, but everything's like kind of candy colored and bright and beautiful. And it's just a lot of fun to like see what you pick up and like interact with the actual things that you roll up. Some of the humans, like sometimes it'll be like schoolboy, but then other times you'll find that they have like names. <laughs> There's like a superhero that you can roll up named Jumbo Man, and then it'll just say like <laughs> at the bottom when you roll them up, it'll be like "Go Jumbo Man, go!" and just <laughs> just reward you with a little bit of flavor text every time that you like encounter something. So there's like many things to like take in and enjoy. Uh, not to mention it's layered over. Most every stage has an individual track to it, which like ranges from like J-pop to just 
goofy like bossa nova jazz type stuff uh the soundtrack is in itself is kind of a masterpiece i have a vinyl of it (laughs) (laughs) oh man (laughs) maybe when i'm done we'll have to sit in a dark room with a candle burning and just listen to the whole soundtrack on vinyl i'm sure i'll have my favorite songs and and uh we'll give the we'll give the folks at home a taste awesome i think i'm out of questions i'm excited to play this game Thanks for meeting with me. Thank you for having me and letting me gush about things that I enjoy. I love your enthusiasm. I'm, I can't wait to be enthusiastic myself about this. Thanks. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for coming in. We'll get back together after I've done a sheed. Cheers. Uh, I am sure, so yeah. proud of Sam. We're back here on Neophile. With Katie, it's a couple weeks later, and uh, how you been? I'm just fabulous, you know, just fabulous. That time lapse is whew, something. You know, uh, <laughs> and right? you, and you, how have you enjoyed your uh, your spelunking into other people's interests? It's been a, a real wild ride. How much time have you had to yourself? Um, I mean, I'm unemployed, so ah. all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back. I downloaded and played. Katamari Damashi. And you want to know what I thought? Uh yeah, how do I don't even know how to embark on this um yeah, just I guess first impressions. Okay, so final impressions, all impressions. I'll tell you this, <clears throat> I'll tell you this. I'm going to tease this right now because we're we'll have this in a in a minute or two. I set up the mics and I microphoned myself. I recorded myself uh playing the game a little bit and I had Paul put together a little supercut of some of the things that I said. So we'll listen to that in a minute. Oh wonderful. And enjoy that together. But yeah, first impressions. So I downloaded it and started it up. It has a real I mean I don't know I don't know what the difference is between my version and, and the version that you played was, but it has a strong, strong opening. It starts off with some low singing. Uh oh yeah, re-roll is like to a T. It's the same game. Okay. Uh, they just uh slight uh Smoothing. Yeah, smoothing of the game, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, some light singing, real nice mood setter, and then you click it, and then it just gets insane immediately with that opening um, with the king with who's all ripped up and has this serious groin bulge, and there's cows and clovers and, and singing ducks and geese, and then the king's playing a classical guitar. Uh-huh. And like, oh, it's, very good. It's very, uh, it's, a, it's a jubilant opening. Did um, you have a hard time getting the opening theme out of your head at any point during the week or the uh, past week? Yeah, every, every once in a while. <laughs> but not, never strongly. It was never as bad as, say couple of weeks ago i really i listened uh i was listening to the crazy ex-girlfriend soundtrack and there's a song called uh like the very first penis i saw it was stuck in my head (laughs) for a long time (laughs) to the point where like i don't like to mention the song because it'll just get stuck in my head again Mm -mm. um but no katamari damashi the intro was amazing and then i went through like the little tutorials and i was like okay yep it's just like a tank i get it you know double forward forward uh double back is back the addition of double left and double right being like straight left and straight right like a strafe i think that's what ended up giving me trouble but i'm getting ahead of myself Mm. you know learned how to jump which i still don't know why you would need to do that ever Mm, i never used it yeah so did that and then went into the first level and was immediately 
very angry. very angry because if there was something to run into i ran into it oh yeah yeah it is a very difficult control style and i actually read an article about it where this i don't remember what it was on but it uh, it was an article where they were like yeah so katamari damashi re-roll they didn't change the art much. They just sort of smoothed it out and kept it the polygons, which is great. They didn't change the control style at all, which they probably should have, because back when this game came out, there were a lot of 3D games that were really hard to play. Yep. And that's not the the way it is anymore. So it's going to be frustrating for some people who have never played it before. And that was me. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, You know, I've read like contradictory notes as, as it being like sort of an organic thing, like to get it. I, I do remember when I first started playing the game that I had a lot of difficulty kind of adjusting and I did not clear every stage as soon as I played it. At this point in the game, like or at this point in my career with the game, it does feel a lot more natural. So I don't know if it's just a matter of like adjustment or if like over the course of playing the game or completing the game, if it got any more comfortable for you or was it just infuriating the entire time? It was not infuriating the entire time. I got to a point where I was only annoyed by it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a soft hatred. (laughs) No, well, no, it's not even a, not even a hatred. Just like I'm annoyed by a lot of video games. I'm not great with video games. I haven't had a console for 15 years. I believe I mentioned in our Mm -mm. previous session. If I may mention, my mic is uh, hoisted on your, uh, your original Wii box. So I, I'm enjoying that. Uh, Yeah. And that, I bought that and started playing i bought this yeah we're in my we're in my my half my childhood bedroom Mm -hmm. and your mic is atop my my red wii box cherry red very nice yeah i approve it was a very nice wii and i bought it and i played super mario galaxy 2 for like a day and a half and then i was like i don't like doing this and then my my dad just used it for netflix for the next four years and that was all i ever did with it (laughs) which is a shame but no I am currently just a little bit annoyed because I still hit things, though not as many things. I also get really mad when I get wedged between two things. Oh, and then the stuff starts toppling off. So, yeah, the yeah. With, if anybody's not played the game, like the dynamics are if you're larger than something, you can roll it up. If you are not larger than something, then then the objects that you've picked up just scatter everywhere and you just watch all of your progress fall adrift and yeah. it's terrible <laughs> and it's not even in a satisfying way where mm-hmm. like you could where it would all just like land there and you could roll it up again like it disappears like respawns in its original location or something yeah like that. I or think like that's, nearby that but. seems to be what it what yeah what i noticed too um but there's also like a lot of stuff like like i'd be able to roll up a fire extinguisher but not a loaf of bread or something there'd be some weird like like come on i, I absolutely am at least as big as this loaf of bread like you'd be really <laughs> frustrated with that but yeah, arguing where, physics doesn't really make a lot of sense in this game, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it does not. It does not. But I played through it. I took a lot of time to get through a couple of the levels. Um, there is a really interesting thing that happens where there's there's definitely a wall that you break through where you're rolling stuff up and you can only roll up little tiny stuff. And then there's a point at which you can roll up things that immediately make you so much bigger that you can more quickly roll up bigger things. Mm-hmm. So there's there's kind of that's a that's a satisfying place to hit. Oh, absolutely where it kind of it pans out for a second, you notice and the the king like readdresses you and says like 
keep up the good work and you mm-hmm. are able to access other areas and you're big enough to yeah roll up the thing that you the loaf of bread that you got pissed at earlier yeah so yeah, yeah. and it's so funny too yeah there's something that's just like destroying you because you can't roll it up and every time you try to roll it up you bounce off of it and it's very maddening <laughs> and then you get something else then you get something else and all of a sudden it's yeah all of a sudden you just you something. just it's nothing to you anymore mm-hmm. like and and yeah so that's that's fun and maddening. Another thing, uh, well, I'll, I'll continue in my chronology. Uh, so I played through the whole thing. I didn't play a lot of the constellations to completion. Mm. I kind of, they were like, you did it. And I was like, I will, gist of it, yeah. I will take a participation medal in this. Because I will ask you, did you play the twins level at least? I did play the twins level. I don't level. know why that cracks me up. Like he <laughs> mentioned like twins. So very mysterious. We want a very mysterious looking star. We're going to ask you to roll <laughs> yeah. twins. Yeah. That was a thing too. Like I felt like I was getting like a fun little insight into Japanese culture too, mm-hmm. because there's stuff like that where like twins are mysterious, and I'm like, well, not are they? not he- not here. <laughs> I mean, uh. or just like the playfulness, like it's absurd. I mean, the entire game's absurd, and I think that they looked for any excuse just to like. I guess I don't even know if that could be construed as like insulting. I guess to call the twins mysterious, mm-hmm. but in that in that moment, you just don't think twice about it. I guess. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't play through all the uh, the constellation levels all the way. Like I got mm-hmm. constellations for all of them, and then uh, I made the moon. Took me a couple times to get the moon, but only a couple. And making the moon was pretty fun when you get to the like real, real big stuff. It's very gratifying. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty gratifying. There is a like yeah a good a good little like serotonin dopamine kick that you get when you get to a point where you can roll up something real big. And when I got done with the game, I was like, okay, I've done this game. I don't know if I want to play it anymore. And then I, you know, a day later I was like, well, maybe I'll go back. Maybe I'll play like the first level and right. just see. You got 15 minutes to yeah, kill. Let me like... see what's going on. I'll play the first level. I played the first level and I'm like, this is much more fun now because the last time I played this level, I did not know how to do this at all. And now I'm okay at it and I'm I feel like I've accomplished something a little bit. I'm not I'm not great at it, but I'm definitely better than I was. So that became a lot more fun. So I've played it a lot since I finished it, and it's actually pretty fun. It's the, pretty fun to play. The casual aspect like kind of kicks in after yeah. the the whole completionist idea mm-hmm. is behind you. Yeah, because those timers, man. Mm-hmm. The timer will stress you oh, yeah. out. And you're I was like playing this game thinking like you do this to relax? I'm just like... <laughs> well, you know, I mean, as we're kind of calling back to it, yeah, when I first picked up the game, I mean, I do recall, like, having some pretty, like, I had to put it down, like, some borderline rage quit moments where I would get <laughs> yeah. frustrated, like, say, rolling up the moon, or um, also this is the only circumstance that you could just say things like rolling up the moon, and I love that. <laughs> sure, um, yep. But uh, as I revisited, revisited re-roll on Steam, it's just a blast. Like, it is, like, relaxing to me, even mm-hmm. if I don't complete it, just the idea, like... The cacophony of like people screaming and like the very chill music, which I'm sure we can go into here in a second, or like the very, I mean, not even chill music, but just the very well coordinated music with like everything that's going on around you. It's just fun. It's fun to pick up and like toss on for like 10 to 30 minutes and then move on with your day. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I'm glad I still have it like that. It's not over now that I mm-hmm. did it. The music is so good. It's really good. <laughs> uh, the music is like this. Um, sometimes it's just like the Japanese, as far as I can tell, have such a cool relationship with jazz. Yeah. And they also there's something about like I haven't watched a lot of Japanese media, but I I have watched a couple of anime things, a couple of Japanese things. And 
they have like their style of like easy listening theme songs to things like the the wad you up into my life song that thing that's fantastic that style I believe the song's called k sera sera and it's very good <laughs> it's, yeah. it, i have like i mentioned in the the last uh or last sitting um i have the vinyl and haven't been able to spin it yet because i need a new needle but i've revisited that soundtrack like while getting ready for work or just throughout the day I, just, I tried to see what was on spotify and there's actually a band called Ooh, i'm curious about this one called 8-bit something 8-bit orchestra maybe or... yeah something big band 8-bit 8-bit Eight, big band was it the one where they did the cutesy girl track that's like there is one that i was listening to on my run the other day and it was like a really well interpreted version of a track that i did not think of like in the big band style or mm-hmm. sort of like a big band kind of like piece i guess and it's really, really cool and really good. There's a lot of like people have taken the soundtrack in with like open arms and done really cool stuff with. If there was one thing that I could like suggest for another, this is what I love for this podcast. It would be video game music, but there's mm-hmm. I don't feel like there's a concise way of like, <laughs> I don't know. But um, we, we, we may have you on another time to yeah. talk about that because that would be. But how do you even? It, it's so it's such a broad it's a, category. It's a broad category, but you could you could do a greatest hits. We could sit down for two hours and just listen to it and See like if really have any pay attention. Relationships between certain yeah. tracks, like identifying classic NES pieces. Anyways, yeah, I don't know. Love it, love the soundtrack. It's the eight bit big band is okay. what it's called, and they do lonely rolling star that's it that's the one it's so good it is so good when i found that and listened to it like i'm standing in the dark room where i work and like there are certain chord changes that just hit me and i will like cry there's like when the chorus kicks in on that one it's real close that's a that's a solid jam Mm -hmm. because it's it's very cute and very happy but also there's an undercurrent of sadness in it. it the game itself is like i mean uh like takahashi like set out to make like a playful fun game but i mean i think a lot of um like avid players would agree there's like some like melancholic like feelings about it there is a lot of darkness in that game i mean the idea because... that you're rolling up like people and shooting them off into the sky with like a se- without a second thought also uh, i mean a lot of people argue that there's some like overconsumption themes that are being discussed mm-hmm. like the idea of like when he says oh my the earth is so full of things like mm-hmm. the idea that people just consume all the time mm-hmm. and it's like to fill an emptiness or something that's like kind of a common interpretation i found across a lot of forums there's that and there's also the fact that you are rolling up all of this stuff mm-hmm. at the behest of your severely abusive father yep. <laughs> that king is the mm-hmm. worst worst father figure ever he is terrible also the like the mother is this like Just always aloof. always in the background yep. never says a word and she's ripped too she's got the- <laughs> she's got the biggest arms i can't tell if it's the dress or if she's just like crazy ripped yeah the abusive father was something that really tripped me up a lot like and when you fail and it's like raining and lightninging and there's like one where he has like a threatening silhouetted pose yeah yeah when you fail and and the and your character is on his hands and knees panting in the rain Mm -hmm. while the king stands behind you lit by single bolts of lightning it's terrifying and He's just like, he never misses an opportunity to tell you that you're a piece of shit. And oh, it's yeah. the worst. And then when I went through and played it again, I found out that if you if you don't just meet the minimum requirements, he actually says nice things about you. And it's like, no, no, 
I'm not giving you credit for that. Yeah. You're you're a dick. And uh, I'm hoping that someday this prince will learn that and get out of your shadow. We we would hope. Right. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you didn't notice, like um, he in every level, you have an opportunity to get a bonus item, which is a present. That yeah, he, a present. A present that he thought to grab you, but then forgets at that location. Yeah. Or uh, like, I just, was embarrassed to give it to you. Yeah, it makes like, up an so. excuse to not give it to you. So you have to go find it in order. And it's usually something, it's like an accessory you can attach to the prince um, as you roll, whether it's a scarf or a crown or something. But yeah. it's real minor. Like, and it's just like a thoughtless father getting you a minuscule gift and then forgetting or like not giving it to you. It's really sad. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, there is definitely an undercurrent of sadness, which is an awesome thing to do. I like a lot of media that is uh, happy with an undercurrent of sadness. I feel like that's my, my, that's my existence. Uh. Yeah. Or I, I often find an excuse, like I love video games, but sometimes feel guilty, like playing them for the pure sake of joy. So my over analytical, like, uh, tendencies like kick in. So I want to find like another, another avenue or another purpose within a game. So like something that's just overly saccharine. I'm like, no, there's more to it than this. Like there's gotta be more to it. Like I have to find something deeper. (laughs) It's definitely, yeah, I'm glad I did it. I'm happy I did it. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you for bringing that to me. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I got the, occasionally will continue to enjoy it as, uh, you know, years <laughs> progress, maybe pick it up every now and again. I'm, so I probably will. I'm, I'm enjoying having the Switch. Uh, yeah, I got the apron. I have the scarf. I have the chef's hat and I have the headphones. Those Ooh, are the f- those jealous are the... of the headphones. I never got those. Oh, really? Uh, I think the, I think the scarf's probably my favorite. Um, well, you've got a, like a striped scarf, isn't it? Like a striped scarf. It I is feel a striped like scarf. It looks like the one that you have. It so. kind of is. Yeah. Like my real life striped scarf. That's a good go. one. Uh, I think I'm wearing the apron right now mm. in the game. Uh, Just for a record, he is not standing here with an apron. That's true. Sadly. Yes. Uh, I've got one somewhere I can put on. Okay. So ready to listen to me playing the game? Absolutely. Okay, cool. So here we are. Jedediah Johnson playing... Katamari Damashi. Welcome to the jungle. Buckle up, buttercup. Here we go. Bring it around. Bring it around now. I get really frustrated when I play this game. I just run into walls. <laughs> Got one pineapple back. Got the other one. Okay, now let's go get these bells and phones. Bells and phones, bells and phones. Everything channel. dings. It's a bell and phone. <laughs> oh, here's a bunch of bells and phones that I dropped. Ding, ding, ring, ring. Don't hit these cows, baby. <laughs> There's an American guy here. He's like called American guy, and he's like a fat, bald white man in a stars and stripes shirt. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they're not exactly right either. Can I get these ice creams? I can get these ice creams. Get these nice dreams. The king is so abusive i'm rolling around the world buckets <laughs> this, this game's a little opaque in, in what's going on get out of my face american man <laughs> anyway let's go make this bread i'm gonna get all these bananas <laughs> banana 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 got the bananas can i get this bucket nope can i get this it, like, kettle nope too on a road you, yeah got some chickens <laughs> And get these marlins. This is dark. <laughs> I can't get this dude. I'm get some more bananas. Uh, banana, banana. What? Banana, 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 banana. Uh, can I get these pool rings? Nope. Can't get these pool rings. Oh. Uh, what's this? 
Couldn't get that either. Oh, just got hit by a car. Got a cabbage. Cabbage. I can get some more bananas here. Banana, banana. What? Banana, banana. Oh, here's a cake. Cabbages and Kings birthday cake. Just hungry right now. Just got hit by the same car. Oh, I got some windmills. Oh, na 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 na. Can't get that big mushroom yet. A Daruma. The rumor is that this is a really fun game. Oh my god. Edit that out, please. All right, I got another punk. Just got a log cabin. That's what I'm talking about. Got that whole train. I wonder if the punks are making a music video. I knocked over a kid. Maybe I'm the worst thing that's happening to this town. The fucking penguin is in my fucking face. He'll never catch the penguin. Oh, yeah. Oh, now I'm getting trees. Huge tree. Huge tree. Goldfish building. Let me get some of these cows. Maybe this giraffe. Oh, I got a, I got a giant octopus. Get up, get up, get busy, do it. Got the Ferris wheel. Ugh, I just got hit by a man riding a cow. This is a weird place. And that's it. That is... Uh, that is a, I mean, I think that's a beautiful, vague, but perfect summary of this game. It's <laughs> yeah. listening just to reactions of objects and the chaos. And I'll tell you, that's that's Paul's only experience of this game thus far, because I don't think he's played it. Oh, and Paul all he's done on. is listened to two hours of me doing that and, and then edited well, down to that. That's beautiful work. All in all, I'd say I had a pretty good time. I'm happy I did it. It's definitely a game that I will continue to play. And you've been a lovely guest. Shucks. Uh, and we'll probably have you again for video game music someday, because some of it's real good. It would be my honor and joy to talk unendingly about video game music, but I'll spare everyone this time around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being on Neophile. Cheers. How you like that, Paul? Blam. Blam. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> thank you, Katie. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> that was a good episode. I had a fun time playing the video game. I really haven't played many video games since then. It's been a while since we recorded that. I'm starting to feel the, I almost, I almost. You got the itch. Downloaded a new game on my, my Switch. You want to roll up a town. I almost called it an itch or a Twitch or something. I don't know what I almost called it, but yeah. Wad you up into my life. That song is good. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that was, that was Neophile. If you want to, if you want us to do something, you should get a hold of us just like Marcella did. I mean, she didn't really want us to do anything, but she made she herself might. known. Yeah. Even if you don't want us to do something and you just like us, yeah, email us, us and be like, you sound, you guys sound cool. And we'll be like, thanks. Yeah. What's your deal? You could put that in the reviews section of all these podcasts. Oh yeah. You could too. also review us if you want to. So, uh, this episode was edited by Paul and it was co-hosted by me and Paul. I did the interview. Katie was our guest. She was amazing. She's a good friend to both of us. Katie and I are going to be in a Key Forge tournament at Gen Con, which will be fun. It's a little one. It's a little one. It's not a big one. It's not a big Together? deal. Together? Is it a cooperative? No, no, no. Okay. We'll be we'll be competing against each other. But if it's us in the final, I will stand up and offer the draw, like in Searching for Bobby Fisher. You haven't seen that. <laughs> Speaking of which, thank you for listening to Neophile. It is now time for our favorite segment, Kicking and Screening, by our I mean my... <laughs> favorite segment kicking and screening uh where i try to convince paul to watch a movie now last week or two weeks ago i tried to convince paul to watch american movie the documentary it's really fun but he did not want to watch it uh what did you do instead paul i finally used my grill 
<laughs> wow. The one that I built. We <laughs> talked about it before. Sure. Yeah. Used yeah. it. Yeah. We've had quite a journey with that grill. I think we're done <laughs> talking keeps... about it now. Oh, really? I can't. Unless we have to burn something serious in it. Or like, yeah, like uh, this week a raccoon got caught in my grill, <laughs> had to tear it down. So, so we're doing two minutes now, right? Lightning. Two minutes. Lightning. Lightning round. Okay. Lay it on me. So, this week we're doing something a little different than last last time. In the past, when Paul didn't want to see the movie, he would say hazed and refused. That's staying the same because that's good. In the past, he also would say. Paul Shank Redemption if he did want to see the movie. Is that changing? That's stupid. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. I never liked it, but um it was just a, a like a it was the best I could do at the time. Um we have not gotten any suggestions for what we could change it to, so I'm just gonna right now on the fly come up with a new one. If Paul wants to see the movie, he's gonna say, Okay, Jed, I'll see it. It's not a reference or anything. It's just English. You're just going to speak English to me and tell me that you... Probably not going to say that anyway. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's going to be hazed and refused for so long that it's not true. Uh, so I'm going to put two minutes on the clock. I'm going to try to convince you to watch the movie. And uh, we're doing a new thing where I'm not going to tell you what movie it is that I'm going to try to get you to watch. We're doing something new? We are, yeah. If If you've seen the movie that I start to tell you about, we can talk about the movie. Let's do that. But I'm 100% certain that you haven't seen this movie. So here we go. Two minutes on the clock. Go. Have you seen The Freshman starring Matthew Broderick and Marlon Brando? You have not. I haven't. I can tell. Graduate. I've seen The Graduate. No, it's, this is The Freshman. This okay. is a different. I'm not ready to graduate yet. Pre-baccalaureate. <laughs> pre-baccalaureate program. Okay. So The Graduate. Uh, no, the, the Freshman is about uh, Matthew Broderick plays kind of like a high-strung kid from Vermont that comes to New York to go to NYU film school, very prestigious film school. Mm. Um, he gets there, and Bruno Kirby, who is a hilarious actor, he's dead now, but um, he is this like Italian guy in New York and steals all of um, Matthew Broderick's luggage um, and really like screws over Matthew Broderick. And okay. then Matthew Broderick sees him a couple days later walking down the street. He goes and finds him. And uh, Bruno Kirby's like, I don't have your stuff anymore. I took, I sold your stuff and I took the money to the track. And he's like, you bet my life, you 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 bet my entire like life savings on a horse? He's like, in retrospect, I'm not 100% sure it was a horse. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a really good joke. Um, but the whole thing is, is that in order to get money this college freshman in in new york he basically has to like help bruno kirby's uncle who is like a gangster and okay. is smuggling a komodo dragon into the country okay it, and it's and it's wacky it's really funny it's, it's a funny movie it's like a fish out of water this like college freshman who is just like out of his mind uh dealing with these gangsters and very strange people there's a german guy that um at one point he's like he's like here is your money if it is in your nature to count it i will not be offended he's like no i i trust you and then he's just like mine hats schwimmt in blut and he's like that means my heart swims in blood it's <laughs> the best ending to kick the screen ever <laughs> what do you think no. Oh, damn it. It's so you laughed so His much. Hazed and refused. 
I think I think I definitely probably would in the future, but I know I won't watch that this week. Is, did you say Marlon Brando's in it? Marlon Brando's in it, and check this out. This might mean nothing to you, but in the movie, Marlon Brando plays the uncle who's the gangster, and he is just doing The Godfather. <laughs> He's, He's doing just doing The Godfather, and they explain it. They're like, yeah, yeah, they based the movie on him. He's Jimmy the Toucan. That's He's awesome. Jimmy the Toucan, and he just plays The Godfather, but in a comedy with Matthew Broderick starring. It's so funny. You have two weeks to watch it. That's true. It's a. I have a list of actors and actresses that... I want to see movies that they're in. And I maybe I'll add that to that list because Marlon Brando is one of the actors. This is, yeah. If you like Marlon Brando, list. you will love this. That's not true. If you like <laughs> Marlon Brando, you probably don't like this movie, but it's so funny. It's really good. It's really funny. Yeah, but your pitch is over now. I know it is. I know it is. I know it is. But it continues because it's so good. It's it, It's such a light movie too. I think you would really like it. Maybe I like you know I'm just accept my defeat right now, but but yeah you should watch that in the future. I'll let you know if I succumb to it sometime. Yeah, I went to the Tibbs drive-in. Anything's possible. That's not true, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thank you for listening, Neophile. We will be back in two weeks with uh, something purple. Mm -hmm. All right, love it.